All praises to Allah and may His peace and blessing be upon His servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is a short surah in the Juz Amma. <laughs> Many of us memorized it in Sunday school or, or in Islamic school or uh, whatever uh, you know our teachers taught us or our parents taught us, whichever country or state or locality that we grew up in. Uh, and those of us who don't have it memorized at least have heard it many times. Allah Ta'ala takes an oath by the, the morning time and by the night when it covers over. By the night, because things in the morning, they start to move. The earth comes alive. And in the night time, uh, things generally uh, calm down and become tranquil and peaceful. By the morning and by the night, uh, when it becomes calm, when it becomes tranquil, tranquil, when it covers over the day. Your Lord has not abandoned you, nor does He hate you. Uh, and the reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us, this is one of the first things that was revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that after a, a, a long time, the Mufassirin mentioned a number of different uh, opinions that are there from a number of different narrations. Um, of three days, four days, 13 days, 14 days, 40 days. For some time, the Nabi ﷺ did not receive any ayat in the Qur'an. And he missed this connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He missed this meeting with Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi <coughs> salam. Uh, and it's narrated as well that Um Jamil, the wife of Abu Lahab, uh, the two whom are lampooned in another short and very well-known surah of the Qur'an. And her name is Aura bint Harb. She is the sister of uh, Abu Sufyan. Uh, and she was a particularly uh, nasty woman, a particularly rude woman uh, who didn't take any, uh, lose any opportunity to empty the bile of what was in her heart on the Prophet sallallahu alaihi uh, Know that from the mushrikeen of Quraysh, there were those who disagreed with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi but carried out their disagreement in a way that was honorable by their own culture. And then there were those who uh, just showed how disgusting they were inside. So this Umm Jamil came to the Prophet once during this time. And she said, uh, O Muhammad uh, we make Salat al-Salam even though those people missed their chance. Uh, 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 your shaitan hasn't come to you for two or three days now. Uh, it seems that he's abandoned you and he, he hates you now. Just to bother the Prophet And uh, so when the wahi, when the Revelation finally came back to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa taala says to him, "Your Lord doesn't hasn't abandoned you, and He does not hate you." And He gives him a number of other glad tidings. On top of that, He says that the the akhirah, the end, will be better for you than 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 the beginning of this matter. The end of this matter will be better. It will be, it will, everything will be clear why that was the, the best thing that could have happened. And that your Lord will give you so much. Your Lord will give you so much. Such a generous giving at that time that you will be pleased. You will say, I took the right path. I made the right decision. All of it was worth it. It's not just that you're going to get what you missed. So that one of us might say, well, some of us enjoy this world and some of us will enjoy the hereafter. I'd rather take my, my payment up front with cash. It's not like that. Rather, there is nobody on that day who is going to say that it was a good idea to take your enjoyment in this world and leave what was there uh, on the day of judgment. Rather, everybody will be 
convinced and intimately aware, fully and completely aware of why they got the good deal. So these glad tidings were given to the Messenger of Allah at that time. And there are a number of very potent lessons for all of us. And these are lessons that we already know, but we need to remind each other from time to time because we get mired in the difficulties and the annoyances and the, the, the tragedies and the struggles and the pain and the suffering of this world. It's difficult to turn down a job that you know will pay you more money because it has to do with transacting haram. It's difficult to say no to somebody, to a face that's beautiful, or to a, 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 a business transaction that you know is going to make you money, or to some party or invitation or invocation that's going to be fun for you, that you're going to enjoy, that you see other people enjoying and you want to enjoy with them. It's difficult. And that person gets tired at some point of resisting. What happens is spiritually naive people, they think what? They think that, well, if I was in that situation, I would be wonderful. If I was president, I would like solve all these problems. And if I was king, I would solve all these problems. And if I was, uh, you know, if I, if I was strong enough then I, and I was at such and such time and such and such place, I would have protected all of these people, et cetera, et cetera. And when that person actually gets to that position, you know, they look around and they say, I don't want to break a nail and they walk away. It's difficult. It's difficult. That's real. That's a very normal human thing. That's not the sign of being an evil or crooked person. The instinct for a person to not want to suffer, it's one of the most basic instincts a human being has. If they don't have it, some of us think that that's a sign of piety. It's not a sign of piety, it's a sign of mental illness. If you want to harm yourself and you're quick and avid to harm yourself or give yourself trouble, right? That type of masochism, it's not, un it's not healthy. However, there are certain choices we know we have to make for the greater good. And making them again and again, it weighs down, it burdens a person. Nobody likes to suffer. So we see also in this, uh, uh, in this short surah of the Quran, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the difficulty of, of adhering to Allah's plan rather than our own. What's our own plan? I said, La ilaha illallah, I went to Jannah and made dua, bada bing, bada boom, gotta, you know, now this thing should start happening right now. Otherwise, Shaykh lied to me and Islam is not real and like, you know, we have to get in the real world, blah, blah, blah. Brothers and sisters, that's not Islam. There's no one more pious than the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There's no one whose du'as are more uh, accepted than the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But he himself understood. He understood that Allah's way of doing things is better than our way. Allah's plan is better than our plan. When Allah Ta'ala makes things happen, He makes them happen in the best way. And a day will come when you will see it, you will behold it, you will make mushahada. You will bear witness to it that this is the only way it could have happened. It had to happen this way. Any other way wouldn't have been good. You'll say it with your own tongue after seeing it. That the person who took this path, their end is better for them than the beginning. Your Lord will give every one of you one day so much that you will be pleased. You will be happy with it. You will say all of those difficulties, all of those things I had to say no to, all of that sabr and patience I had to go through, you'll say it was all worth it. It was a deal, I, if I had a chance to, if I had a choice, I would cash in on that deal again and again and again. And a particularly touching point, which is mentioned by Qurtubi in his tafsir of this uh, surah, is that it's narrated from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِكَ رَبُّكَ 
It's narrated from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said, I will not be pleased. I will not, my riba will not be fulfilled until on the day of judgment, until the last of my ummah enters into Jannah. So in this ayah are so many glad tidings that are wrapped into one. That anyone who dies on Iman, the Prophet will keep asking, keep asking. He's the one who Allah promised him that you will be given one day until you're pleased. He says, I won't be pleased until the last of my ummah enters into Jannah. All of it will be worth it one day, brothers and sisters. Islam is Islam. It's not Burger King where you have it your way. You said La ilaha illallah. Allah Ta'ala commanded you to a certain set of ideals a certain set of behaviors, a certain set of norms, a certain set of customs and cultures that we don't lie to each other, we don't cheat each other, we do things that are beneficial, we don't do things that are harmful, we don't judge people based on what they, what they look like, rather we treat everyone with a basic modicum of human dignity and thereafter based on how they behave rather than how they look. We are people who are uh, people of chastity, we are people who are people of purity, we are attracted by the same things that other people are attracted by, but we don't act on those things. We, we don't act on, our, on those uh, animalistic instincts. Rather, we act on our angelic instincts. And one day it will pay off, even though it's difficult in the middle, and it will pay off so much that you'll be pleased. You'll know, you'll yourself bear witness with your own eyes why this was the best way of doing things. In fact, it was the only way of doing things. But it doesn't happen on your schedule. It doesn't happen by your arrangement. It doesn't happen by your plotting and planning. Rather, Allah's schedule is better than all others. Rather, Allah's plan is better than all others. Rather, when Allah Ta'ala does something, it's better. It's better for the people of La ilaha illallah than if they had chosen what to do themselves. A day will come to be pleased by how much He gives you. And then Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala reminds the, uh, reminds the believers of His blessings upon them. He reminds the Prophet ﷺ of his blessings upon him. That look what happened in the past. He goes, in the past, Allah Ta'ala did all of these things for you. If you really had it in for you or if you really forgot you or didn't care, he wouldn't have done these things. So did he not find you as an orphan? And then he gave you protection. Did he not uh, uh, find you uh, without guidance, meaning without the sharia, and then he gave it to you? He gave you guidance. He gave you a system by which you would have benefited in this world and the hereafter. Did he not find you destitute? And he gave you, he provided you with provision. So out of shukr, out of thankfulness to him. When you see the, uh, when you see the orphan, treat him well, don't treat him badly. And when someone comes and asks you for something, don't shut him down. Don't be mean to him. Don't be rude to him. This is part of the, the kind of the Protestant work ethic that underpins the ethos of the society. That poverty is considered to be a sin. It's not something universal amongst the Christians, but in particular the Protestants, they consider the sign of virtue with, with Allah is, is what? Is that he gives you material success, and the sign of wickedness is that he gives you uh, poverty, which is completely perplexing. It makes no sense whatsoever. Because Sayyidina Isa who they say is Allah himself, he was a poor man. All of his disciples and his companions were poor people. The people who carried the message of Sayyidina Isa to the world century after century. The vast majority of them were poor people. But for some reason, this land, it stigmatizes. It stigmatizes poverty as if it's some sort of curse. If someone asks you for something, whether it's here or in a Muslim country, don't say, oh, this guy's a drug addict. Maybe he's a drug addict. It's none of your business. Allah is not going to ask you, why did this person use drugs? 
Don't say, oh, these people, they don't get an education. They don't work hard. I worked hard. Allah knows what actually happened, but even assuming that's true, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's not what you're supposed to say. If you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, it's a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ not to turn away completely empty-handed. Say, may Allah Ta'ala guide you. May Allah ease your suffering. May Allah ease your, uh, your, your, your trials and your tribulations. Allah improve your condition. May Allah Ta'ala give you a pure and illicit provision. Don't turn anyone away empty-handed. If they don't like the dua, that's their bad. But you at least give a dua to the person who's asking you. You don't show a crooked face. You don't show anger. You don't show displeasure. You don't show mockery. All of these things are haram and they're sin unto the Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to the best of His creation, not to you and me, did I not find you poor? And then I enriched you. If this is a reminder Allah gave to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then it's true for every single one of us. We were all destitute, we were all broken. It wasn't for the fadl and the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't ever, don't ever shut down and, and turn away with harshness the person who asks. If you want to give, give. If you don't want to give, don't give. But don't ever show any negativity to those people. That's not our way. As Muslims, that's not our way. And as for the blessings of your Lord, then remind people of them. Speak about them. And what does this mean? This doesn't mean that you, uh, you know, the holy blessings of the Lord, talk about them with people. It doesn't mean that you post a picture of like every extravagant meal you have on Instagram or of your new car or of your jewelry or of your clothes or of your beautiful face, mashallah, mashallah, or of your, uh, you know, of your, your car, uh, your houses, all of these things, of your material wealth. If you did it once or twice, okay, whatever, you know, I won't, I won't say it's haram, but this is not what's meant by the, the, the ayah. The greatest, the greatest blessing Allah gave to the Prophet was what? It was his nubu'ah, it was his prophethood. So tell the people, tell the people, I'm sent by Allah and Allah sent me with the following message. And the greatest blessing Allah gave to you and to me is also the nubu'ah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because from the creation, it is the thing that Allah has chosen as the means for us to have eternal life and to have salvation. Remind yourselves about it. Remind your wives and your children and your parents that the greatest blessing Allah Ta'ala sent to us is what? The nubu'ah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Why? You could say if it wasn't for that, we would have been eating pork and getting drunk right now, being high. You could have said that it would have made your mother and father not be married when you were conceived. You could have said that it would have not built the great masajid of, of Pakistan and India, of Andalus and of Maghrib and of Egypt and Syria and of Iran and of Tashkand and Samarkand, Bukhara. You could say all of those things and they're actually good answers. But the most important thing to say is what? If it wasn't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sending rahmatan lil alameen sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then none of us would have made it on that day. We, none of us would have had any dignity in this world and none of us would have made it on the day of judgment, on the day that the fire, the fuel of whom is men and stones will be filled with the nations of the earth. Nations of the earth that considered themselves great, they will be burned in the garbage heap of the hellfire and Allah Ta'ala will save us that day. If you want to post something on your Snapchat and on your Instagram and on your Facebook and Twitter, post that. Go ahead and post it. If you want to talk about something with your parents and with your friends, mention it. 
Mention it. There's nothing wrong with it. If someone turns their face away, that's their own uh, ill fate. Otherwise, the great kings and conquerors, princes, sultans, soldiers, warriors, scholars, poets, all of the great men that made up our civilization, people who are smarter than you and I, people who worked harder than you and I, people who are more beautiful than you and I, and people who made it, not just in the Akhirah, made it in the dunya, in a way that you and I can never comprehend. We're the ones who, you're, you know, our names, my name is Khalid, but you call me Jim. Not those people. No, the people who people name their own children Khalid because they saw them. Those people were the ones, they never used to sit except for the saint and the sinner amongst them would weep at the joy of the mention of the Nabuwa of the Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase us in our, our, our ni'mah, this worldly and otherworldly, spiritually, physically, materially, in our individuals and in our families and in our society, in the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in our deen, in our dunya, and in our akhirah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.